Hey everybody, I'm Coots. And I'm Conan. Hey everybody, I'm with my partner in crime, Dr. Jeff Conan. Today's podcast episode, we're going to talk about one of one of the books that we both read years ago that came back up in a recent conversation we were having just a few moments ago and like, hey, let's do a podcast on that. So here we are with, as usual, zero prep on what we're about to talk about. But uh, we're going to do, I, I read this book, I don't know, a few years ago. You said you picked it up in an airport a while ago, and it's yeah. kind of a life model. The title of the book is Do Epic Shit. And uh, apologies for the foul language there, but that is uh, the exact title of the book. No apologies uh, needed. No apologies needed. I appreciate that. <laughs> but, uh, you know, one of the things that's obviously that's an, an eye-catching title, which is probably why we gravitated towards it, plus our own natural tendency to be a little bit more um, maybe out there on the edge, I suppose, or at least we like to think we are. Maybe we're not. But um but it really does strike me because something that's really part of what I think is important about leadership and or just being a the person that you can be, the best person you can be, you know, talking about being your best self or whatever, is it includes taking risk. It includes going out there and doing things that you didn't think you could do or should do or are qualified to do and and just making a difference and and even over the years i've developed my own little moniker i actually have t-shirts and stuff that say do something epic and be epic and that of my mk leadership my my brand and and i've created this little um idea where epic stands for be exceptional you know be productive be intentional and be compassionate. And, um, and I, I, people who are epic do those four things, at least for me and, and how I do it. And so I've always been in cap. I've always been interested in this idea of doing epic shit. And, um, and, you know, I know that you've done some really neat things and, and people look at us and people who know us and our students and things will look and say, Hey, you're going to New Zealand and Australia and Switzerland and, and Italy. And, and you're meeting with this person and meeting with that person and you're writing books and you're speaking at keynotes and you're doing all this stuff. And they're like, man, I want to do that. And, uh, I think part of that goes back to, a motto, not not that this is our motto, both personally or professionally, but it is certainly something that resonates. So with that as an introduction, what epic shit are you up to? Well, I'm going to add a D to that and make it past tense, epic, because I also like to be different. And, um, you know, I was out for a walk today, actually, and I was thinking about this, like, why do I do all these things that I do? Like, why do I attempt to go to every possible concert that I can or, you know, have have life experiences, basically? It's not to one-up others. When I speak about networking, I specifically explain to people how much I despise the one-upsmanship in conversations. I do it for myself. I do it for life because it's my currency, Doing epic stuff for me as a drug, it's my currency, it enriches me. And it could be epic related to our professional endeavors, or it could be epic related to my personal endeavors. You know, where do I want to go? What kind of, do I want to jump out of a plane or do I want to go sail on a yacht in Cinque Terre? You know, what are the things that I want to do that are epic to me? And I just look at epic as being unique and different 
but fulfilling and enriching. And there's so many epic things we can do within our own profession. Some people call it their niche. It's their motivation. It's their drive. It's their area that they try to achieve expertise in. I look at it as being different. So for example, if I wanted to study uh, sport concussion and I got really good at it and I was on the tour of speaking and I was writing books and manuscripts about it, I wouldn't call that epic because it's not different. There's a lot of people that are already doing it. When I went down the road of cannabis, that's epic. When your family sits you down at the table and says, what the hell's wrong with you? And when people in the profession stop talking to you and no one answers your emails because you're all of a sudden talking about and tweeting about marijuana, that's epic. But when you can get to that, as Malcolm Gladwell says, that tipping point where you can help educate others on what it is you're doing. So now they're realizing this and it no longer looks like it's weird stuff. It's still different, but it's epic. So that's how I would kind of fall into that category. Yeah, I completely agree with that. And, and I, I like that. I actually, I actually wrote that down. I might actually use something that Dr. Conan said. And, and, and Epic is different because you're right. There there are so many things that people do to one up other people. And in your comment there, I, 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 you know, again, I apologize to the listeners for padding his ego, but I think it was profound <laughs> um, is we need to one up ourselves and not yeah. one up other people. It's a it's a drug. I want more, but yeah. I don't want more because I'm going to Italy again, and you're not. I want more because I'm going to Italy again, and I want to experience the things I love and things I've never seen before yet that the country offers. Right, right. And it, you know, this you can't talk about this without talking about a bucket list. You know, a lot of people talking about you know living a bucket list life, and and you can list off your things, right? everybody's bucket list is different. That's what kind of makes it an epic, an epic event is the fact that what's on your bucket list. Is it, and, and I, I'm asking this to our listeners is what's on your bucket list on there because you heard someone else talk about how cool it was and you want to experience it. Or is it truly something that originated with you is truly something that would inspire you. I mean, we've talked about this before and I know it sounds silly, but I've never been to Italy. I don't really have the hugest desire to go to Italy necessarily, but you love the space. And I, I, my space is the Australia, New Zealand, stuff like that. I spend my time going there and, and you, from what I understand, don't go there a lot. If you've been there one time, been there one time. Yeah. I mean, I've been to Italy one time, you know, and, and it go back and forth. And, and again, this isn't about the travel per se, but my point is there are things that attract you that don't necessarily attract me. And I could get into the thing, Oh, I've got to do what Jeff does. And I got to be like Jeff and I want to do that. And, and there's, there's, there's something about having an aspirational identity that I'm all about. And I think that's exciting. Of like, okay, cause you might not be able to articulate what it is you want to do. That's epic. And you, one of the ways we do that is by finding people we admire you know, and okay, so so and so has done this and done that. That sounds cool to me. But then, you know, and that's great. And that's where we start. But I want to make sure our listener understands that's only where you start. You start yeah. there and then you begin to form it and it begins to mold itself as you begin to act. And again, here's the other thing is 
every step matters. And we talk about doing epic stuff, right? But this idea of doing epic stuff starts with doing mundane stuff. And I think that's the process that's missed, that's forgotten. And we've talked about this many times in, in, amongst ourselves, with our residencies, uh, and, and on this podcast of you, you, this idea of becoming a thought leader or a content expert or whatever starts with understanding the basics. The same thing's yeah. true with being in, doing epic stuff. You also have to do the basic stuff, right? I, I got to tell you what. So first of all, um, the bucket list movie probably is the one that I've watched the most on overseas flights. I can watch it over and over and over and over again. At the same time, I'm not the type of person that writes down the bucket list. I love an organic, impromptu bucket list. I like doing things that weren't planned. And I can tell you, Matt, in, in the many trips that I take overseas where I bring students for learning experiences, right, both academic and cultural, we always leave two to three days of the itinerary unplanned. We do it for a couple of reasons. Sometimes, you know, you have something else planned and it rains that day and it's not the right day to do it. But we leave it unplanned because when you get on the ground, you might learn when you're there. Hey, by the way, there's this festival going on here this day. Did you hear about it? We're like, no, it's the biggest festival in the country. Wow, we need to go. Perfect. Or uh, something else is, you know, the locals tell you about different things that are happening that, you know, just not being there, I didn't know. So for me, an impromptu bucket list is epic. It's always epic. And okay, maybe sometimes it doesn't turn out great, uh, but, but you don't know until you try things. And so I think that now in those examples I just gave, they weren't to one up you. They were to give me another unique experience. And that's why, you know, let me ask you this question. I'm curious how you handle this because I've seen people respond both ways. If somebody asks you to do something, but it's beyond your knowledge level, for example, but you know that you could potentially look it up and do it. Do you say, no, it's not me. Or do you say, yeah, absolutely. I'd love to do this thing. And then you go figure out how to do it and then you deliver it. Yeah. So that's a great question because the answer is uh, the, the real answer is, well, it depends on what it is, but most of the time I'm going to say, yeah. And, and it goes back to something we said in a previous podcast and it's the idea of knowing your capacity. And one of the things that I think I'm better at than my younger self is knowing my capacity. And, and one of the things is my capacity for adventure is pretty high. My capacity for the unknown is pretty high. My capacity for risk is pretty high. But then there are certain things people might ask me to do. Like, for example, do you want to be the associate dean? I know I could do it, but I have no interest in doing it. So, <laughs> the answer is going to be no. You know, right. and, and I've had even former colleagues of mine and things tell me, it's like, well, you're, that's just what should be next for you. And you need to do it. And you're ready and all this. and and they might be, and they are right. And that probably is. And I'm probably not making as much money as I could be and probably, you know, whatever, you know, I, I could be something else, but so I'm not, so the answer, so if something like that, it's no, but if somebody says, Hey, listen, I've got this opportunity. I don't know what it's going to look like. Uh, I, what I want to happen is this, but it's really wide open and loose and it's going to involve a little bit of this and a little bit of that. Are you up for it? I'm going to say, hell yeah, let's do this thing. Yeah. 
And, and, and see, you just you just re-emphasize and redefine for me that epic shit is a drug. And when people say, well, then, okay, well, help me understand, like, how do I just wake up and do epic shit one day? Like, how do you do that? Okay, yeah, you can make the bucket list, and then hopefully those experiences turn out what you hope they were, and they're epic. Or you can just do something on plan and get involved, and then all of a sudden you're surprised. And, oh, by the way, I actually like this. And now that leads to a different thought process. So you start thinking about different adventures. And so that's the cool part about, you know, I guess all of us will probably define epic as being completely different. But see, there you go. That word different again. I think that's the key. Yeah, it's true. It's, it's you know, it, it, just as a case study, you know, my own, my own journey involves something like that, where I've got a random phone call one day from this corporation who's like, hey, I read this article you wrote and blah, blah, blah. And, do you want to come and, and give us a talk on it? And, and that was out of my league. I mean, that was so out of my league it, that it's, it's, it's embarrassing actually. It's kind of feel like you, you call the wrong number kind of thing, but it's like, you know, and, and if I was, if I was being rational at that moment, I would have said, no, uh, I have no business doing this. I don't have expertise in this area. I might say something that, put my foot in my mouth kind of a thing or i could be like yeah you know what i think i'll give this a try and it goes back to that risk tolerance thing now i do want to say this you don't have to be risk tolerant to do epic stuff not at all not you know? at all and not there's so all. many things that again because like you mentioned epic is kind of defined by your own your own lifestyle, your own expectations as well. And, and I just hey. think we need to take, do whatever it is, is in your heart to do is really my, really yeah. how I would find that. Listen, listen, when I'm sitting on the yacht with my feet up planted and my laptop and a glass of wine in Cinque Terre, there was no risk taking there, but that was epic. That was as epic as it gets. And I was working I teach virtual. I'm writing the discussion boards in what better place to do that in. Totally epic. And no risk whatsoever. In fact, quite the opposite. No stress, relaxing. And so epic is, is, is just different. And why was that different? Well, how many faculty do you know that are doing that? Let alone athletic training faculty. And, and we have figured out a way, I think you and I, and many other people as well, to do epic things to do epic shit as the book is titled and enjoy it. And you know what? Sometimes you seek those and they aren't as epic as you hope they are. And you'll learn from those. And then, and you, you know, I wouldn't call those mistakes. I call those experiences. Yeah. It's one of the things that occurs to me. And, and I remember, you know, reading the book, something that stuck out to me is, is he talked about the mistakes I made in my twenties and mistakes I made in my thirties, forties, fifties, he goes through these, these decades. And one of the things that was really profound for me is, is when he learned to stop pursuing things he was good at just because he was good at it, you know, yeah. and, and he talked about, yeah, I mean, and this idea is, you know, he talks about continue, I, you know, he, he got a certain amount of education. So I kept doing the next level of education because I was getting, getting positive feedback on my education. I really didn't like it, really didn't care for it and really didn't even need it, but I kept doing it because I was getting positive feedback on it. And that I think is the major rub, Jeff. And that's, I think what our listeners need to hear from us is, 
is don't just do the thing you're doing because it's the logical next step or because you're getting positive feedback from it. Now, if it's if it's truly something that's scratching an itch for you and you really love it and it might be a, a means to an end, so to speak, a necessary step, like you can't be an AT unless you have BOC certification, for example. You know, there are certain things you've got to do. But at some point, it becomes something different. If you want to keep adding joy into your life, this concept of professional joy, which I'm really excited uh, on a, a kick about lately, but it's you got to do this epic stuff. And one of the things that keeps people from doing epic stuff is pursuing something just because Comfortable. people are telling me it's what I'm comfortable with. It's what I'm yeah. good at. It's what yeah. I've always been doing. It's what, And then we start telling ourselves a different story. Once we tell ourselves that long enough, we start saying, well, this is what I meant to do. This is what I was born to do. And really that might not be the case. And the sooner we can learn that, the better we're going to be at taking epic opportunities and seeing and recognizing epic opportunities when they show up. See, how you just defined it for me is also like saying just simply deviating from the norm. Uh, the norm is the comfort zone. The norm is what everybody does. The norm is the expectation of what to do. And as soon as you, again, become different and do something different, it can become epic. You know, we, we go back and talk about some of my travel ventures. Um, just this past week, I was in Italy and I decided to, to, to walk around and go places I'd never been before walk down streets without the GPS on, not knowing where it leads to. Yeah, you know, I might walk a, a mile or two miles already and see nothing of epic proportion. But one of those roads, when I turned that corner, wow, what I bumped into is amazing. And had I not decided to go off the, the straight and narrow path that we would normally take, I would never have been experienced to that. I wouldn't have found it on the web if I looked it up. I wouldn't have seen it on a GPS. You just have to show up there and go. You have to you know, seek out and venture. And I don't mean everyone has to travel and seek out and venture that way, um, especially if it's risk-taking and dangerous, but just you just have to do something different um, than when you wake up. You know, if you ask somebody, what's the first five things you do when you wake up every morning? Okay, they might have to think about it, but the truth of the matter is they know it like clockwork. They do it the same freaking way every morning. And if you say to them, okay, tomorrow morning, I want you to do it different. I don't want you to say, get out of bed and go to the bathroom first or brush your teeth first, whatever it is. I want you to do X first. They feel weird. Yeah. Some simple thing like that. Because we are programmed to be comfortable. Yeah. I, I, in my workshops, I ask people, one of the things I ask people to do in my workshop is tomorrow morning, put your socks on in a different order. Instead of doing your right foot, then your left foot, do your left foot, then your right foot. And that you wouldn't believe how hard <laughs> that is for people to actually do. <laughs> but no, you're right breaking out of those routines is critical so you're saying we need to embrace the unknown and the unplanned i i think so and it doesn't mean it's always going to be epic but it's not going to be epic if you don't seek something different so say that again because i think that's the critical piece is it's the unknown and the unplanned doesn't mean that everything's going to be epic but you're never right. going to find the epic in the routine Never going to find it unless you try. Right. But yeah, but, but you know, you and I both, we're idea people. And when you're an idea person and you work in an academic institution, uh, it can become very, very frustrating. But because you, they're actually not as friendly to ideas as they lead. The, not the, at all, because they have to be in a safety comfort zone. Right. That's why. 
Very few academic programs are risk-taking institutions. And I totally respect those that are. In fact, fair amount of my consulting work, if not almost all of my consulting work, has been with private academic institutions because they have that ability to do epic things differently from other programs. They don't have the level of the bureaucracy, the timeline of the bureaucracy, and they can do that. And you know, another word for that is pivot. They can right. change and do epic things. And so, yeah, when you're in a, in a setting that's public, like we are, for example, in academics, you can throw all these ideas up on the wall and very few will stick. And if it does stick, it's going to be years before you see the fruits of the labor. Right. That's not really epic. Yeah. That's frustrating. So it doesn't, it doesn't mean just come up with ideas and do things differently. But until you do things differently and try it, you won't find that epic uh, solution on the other end. You can develop a habit of doing epic stuff is what you're saying if you understand, you know, that idea. Because you're right. You don't just arbitrarily, you know, do things. Like you said, that's frustrating. But, yep. uh, but I think it's important that we recognize it. So I want to end with a quote from the book that I think is interesting. This is it for those, it's on page 170. And I'm, it says, the most dangerous people are those who run away from change. Oh, oh and by the way, they are also the most energy sucking. <laughs> you know, <laughs> the most the most energy sucking people and the most dangerous people are those who run away from change and avoid change. And I think that sums up exactly kind of what we're talking right. about. Right. And this idea of, you know, you've got to embrace this idea of being epic is doing the non-routine. And, and you've heard me say this before. It's a, it's a quote of mine. It's on t-shirts and whatnot. Chaos is the package your potential arrives in. And I think that's really, really important here because that's what we're saying. We've got to understand it's in the, it's in the non-linear, it's in the random, it's in that un, unknown, un, unplanned space where epic is hiding and if we're always afraid of the unknown, the unplanned, of complexity, of chaos, we're never going to find the epic. Now, it doesn't mean when you go into that space that you are going to find it, but we do know that it can't be found unless you do. Because epic doesn't just accidentally fall on you from outer space. And, uh, and it's something we've got to become. And, and so in order to truly embrace the epic, don't be that person who sucks the energy out of the room by refusing to embrace change and by running away from change. That just goes to show another side of how frustrating it is for the people around you and how non-epic your life is. When we put this podcast out, I would love to see those who listen to this write back to us and give us some epic ideas. Tell us what you think would be an epic thing, whether it be with an athletic training or in your personal lives. Like what's epic shit mean to you? Amen, brother. Cooch and Conan are out. 